settling into the sitting in whatever way that we found to be most effective to help us to arrive and transition into the stillness after being in motion and being active. And seeing if we can tune into the quality of the energy in the mind at this point. Where does it feel most comfortable resting the attention? What frame of reference is most helpful right now for staying connected with the present moment? So maybe it is zooming in to a close-up view of what's happening. Maybe following that ebb and flow of the breath or taking in the nuances of the sounds arriving at the ear. Noticing carefully different sensations in the body. Perhaps that way of noticing is what feels like it's grounding and steadying to the attention. Or perhaps we might feel energetically that it's more helpful to have a broader container for the awareness. To take in the whole sense of the body sitting. Its heaviness or lightness. Areas of warmth or coolness. Sensations of tingling or pressure. Pulsing. Movement. Just feeling the whole body sitting with everything that that entails. Perhaps that way of looking feels like it's most supportive and most stabilizing to the attention. Or if we've come in feeling very busy, somewhat scattered perhaps from an energetic yogi job, We might take a little while to just establish mindfulness through a very ordinary awareness of what's happening. There's sitting, there's breathing, there's hearing, the quiet in the hall, here in the morning at IMS on this nine-day retreat then maybe taking a moment to remind ourselves why we're here and what our aspiration is for this period of sitting and for the day. So establishing our mindfulness in whatever way feels most helpful for us at this moment. Seeing if we can tune into something that's true right now, anything, anything that's true right now, which could be the sensations of the breath or the general sense of sitting or just simply the knowing that we're here. Anything that's true right now will serve our purpose.
We don't need to look for any particular experience. There's no right experience to be having. We don't need to clear away any particular experience so that we can be present. Whatever is right before us and clear and obvious is what we can attend to. The mind will wander. It will wander over and over and over again. But when we wake up, can we reconnect, recommit to the present moment in just the same way, simply noticing what is true right now, even if it's something unpleasant, some lingering emotion of anger or grief, or lust or longing that was attached to that thought train that we've woken out of. If that's what is happening, then we begin just right there. There's no need to rush to clear that away, to avert our attention. We simply start with that and then go from there. Seeing if, as we proceed through the meditation, if we can not only be in the present moment, but register what's happening in this present moment. So noticing and knowing, knowing what is happening, perhaps by placing a soft mental label on experiences. This is heat, this is movement, this is thinking, this is sadness, whatever arises. We might consider how we would attend to our experience if we knew uh, at the end of the retreat we were going to be called upon to write a short article about it. Can we pay attention in such a way that the understanding of what's happening here sticks in the mind, that we really know what's going on, at least in some of the moments? So continuing with the meditation... Just finding what's true in this moment.
It's always fine in this transition time between the sitting and the Q&A if you'd like to stand and have a mindful seventh inning stretch <laughs> before we get into the questions. Um, and also in the, uh, in the afternoon between the guided loving-kindness meditation and uh, the Q&A then, it's fine to, to stretch the body for a moment. Do you have any questions this morning? Yeah, that's a, a really good comment and question about <clears throat> sometimes she's uh, feeling the body and she's aware of it just simply as feeling. It's just sensation in the body. But if she tries to delve deeper, as sometimes we give the instruction to draw nearer, maybe become more precise, more detailed in, the, in, the, in identifying those feelings, it gets into a lot of analysis. Like, what is this? Is this uh, pressure or is it you know, hardness? You know, a lot of analyzing what what's she's actually feeling, which is a very common experience. So that, in, a, in and of itself, that's a little bit of a, a, of a tip-off to where the most helpful level to be paying attention is. So there's no need to force that kind of very detailed seeing. Sometimes the energy and the concentration is there for us to see on that level, and it feels like we can really sink into it. It feels supportive of mindfulness. It helps us to stay more present moment by moment. Sometimes it feels like it's, it's a strain or it becomes more of an, an intellectual exercise. We're forcing it. It doesn't feel natural or feel comfortable. So at those times, it is just fine to just sit and feel the body in a more holistic way. Sometimes I'll sit and I'll just note body, body, body. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly what's happening in the body, but I know it's something physical. <laughs> so, so that's fine. We want to, um, in a way, this is a practice of, of uh, truthfulness, which is one of the paramis, the parami of truth-telling, uh, telling our own truth, telling the truth of what, how we're seeing the Dharma to the truth of the moment. And we're not seeing what we're not seeing. <laughs> we are seeing what we are seeing. So we don't have to... Uh, convince ourselves or talk ourselves into seeing something that we're not seeing. <laughs> it's kind of simple, but it can be hard to be this simple. It's really just, okay, what do I actually know? What is actually clear? If it's something very general, if it's something very vague, uh, sometimes it's even just the fact that we don't know. 
Sometimes what we know is that I don't know what's happening. It's not clear. We can be aware of that too. So th- especially with the, the noting tool or the labeling tool, if we're using that, um, just putting one word to what's happening. Um, this is sometimes a litmus that we can use also. If we need more than one word to identify what's happening, then we're not really feeling it. <laughs> So if we can really just put that label that it's pressure, that it's tingling, that it's heat, and that's clear, and we know that, that's fine. If, the, if that level of seeing is not clear, but we know body, physicality, or just sitting, whatever it is, then we, then we know at that level. So it's to, to know what we know, and to not try to force ourselves to know what we don't know. It's, where, however we're seeing it really is fine. Yeah, but con- congratulations. You're one of the, the few, the proud. The Nothing like nothing like falling down to wake you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the questions about working with sleepiness or how to be mindful through sleepiness, and we've been talking some about there are various things that we can do just to try to bring in more energy. Um, the first the first thing that we usually have to tend to when we come on retreat is just simply that we m- many of us have a sleep deficit. We just haven't been getting enough sleep in our ordinary lives. So I'm, I'm a big fan in the first couple of days of retreat of going to bed early or maybe sleeping in a little bit, getting a nap, making sure that just physically we're, we're healthy and we're in balance. So taking those first couple of days to just catch up on any sleep that we might need so that we can do the practice, because as you know, it's just physically very demanding. And then once we have... Um, caught up just on our, the physical needs of the body, then whatever sleepiness or, or low energy or, or sinking mind that we encounter is, tends to be more mind-generated. Either it's that uh, hib- habitual response of if we stop moving and close the eyes, that's the signal to go to sleep. You know, For many of us, the only time we stop moving and close our eyes is when we're going to sleep. So there's, there's this can be this habitual response of that's what happens when we get still and we get quiet. So that's just something to observe. Uh, it can be, you know, it can r- arise due to many conditions. Maybe if there's a lot of pain in the body, the mind gets fatigued, we get sleepy, um, things like this. So at those times, it's it's really helpful, as it is in general, <laughs> to to really lower the bar for what we're expecting from our meditation. At those times, it, again, it's not about, those are not the times that we want to be paying really close attention to very subtle sensations and all the little nuances. It's, it's not appropriate at those times when the energy is low. 
is just going to lead us more in the direction of getting even sleepier. So those are the times to open the eyes, maybe stand up (laughs) if we can, um, do more of the brisk walking, and just be mindful in a very general way, just simply to know here I am, I'm sleepy, I hate it, it's awful, (laughs) you know, just uh, that's the time to bring in that very general level of just clear comprehension. This is what's happening right now. And as we do that, then we may start to see more details of what's going on. And there can be lots of interesting details in that experience of sleepiness. Or we may just stay at that level. We drift off, we're gone, you know, in la-la land for however long. Then we come back and we know again, oh, okay, I'm here. I'm sitting, I'm standing, I'm trying to meditate, I'm still sleepy, it's still awful. (laughs) You know, we just carry on that thread, touching into as many moments as possible. And understanding that it's not going to be a whole lot of moments. But that's okay. Because every moment that we're recommitting, every moment that we're making that effort, exercising that muscle of intention, it's really strengthening our practice. So, so to, to respect those few moments that we can grab, they really do make a difference. And just hang in there. <laughs> Most of us, if we keep it this long enough, we have a, a, at least one sleepiness retreat. We're really the main thing that's happening the whole retreat, right? <laughs> it's just that we're falling asleep. And sometimes it's just like that, so then that's our retreat. <laughs> yeah? Um, I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about um, working with um, when you notice thinking or you notice remembering I'm trying to do more that's okay instead of um, treating that like that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I notice that I've noticed it and then it just keeps happening and I'm not really lost in thought. I'm very conscious that my mind Hmm. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that some of it's like a song. And, <laughs> and I find that I'm trying to be okay with that. Um, so I just wondered if you could say a little bit more about a tool to use or is that okay? Or mm-hmm. So the question's about mindfulness of thinking. Um, and the comment actually that, that she's getting to a point where she's not necessarily getting lost in thought. Thoughts are coming up, they're just kind of doing their thing and she's aware of it. Um, but then she feels like she's, she's trying to let it just be okay. And that's the piece of it that I might say something is about, is that um, you know, think, the mind goes off into thinking, either we're, we're aware of it or not, <laughs> but we're going to have some reaction to it. That thought train is going to affect the mental state. There's going to be moods around it. And those are whatever they are. So whether we're lost in thought and we kind of come to and we realize that we've been thinking... Um, or, or if we're thinking mindfully, if there is some awareness as the thinking is going on, however we feel about that in that moment that we recognize that thinking is happening is how we feel about it. And that's just another thing to recognize. <laughs> so again, and oftentimes, especially here, because we've kind of set ourselves the, the task of being mindful. Uh, I'm not saying this is happening for you, but for a lot of us, we wake up out of thinking and the immediate reaction is not something particularly pleasant. <laughs> You know, self-judgment, disappointment, frustration, all these types of things. It's very natural for them to arise, given the the context of what we're doing here. And we don't need to change that. So we don't need to make it okay that we don't feel okay about thinking. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) We don't need to make it okay. We don't need to make anything here okay. We don't, again, we don't need to talk ourselves into feeling something that we're not feeling. We just need to notice and know, this is how I feel about it. Um, and you also made the comment about songs coming, <laughs> which is very, very common. Some of us get, you know, uh, uh, the playlist going of our top ten or, um, 
or we get our uh, Netflix uh, playlist going, you know, we're playing movie scenes or just kind of random things like that. It's, it's just, you know, that stuff popping up out of the mind because that's what we put in there. <laughs> we really start to get on retreat that what goes in can always come out. <laughs> and generally this has the effect on, on yogis that over time we become much more selective about what we put in there because <laughs> you never know when it's going to come back again. <laughs> but this can actually be... Um, uh, a helpful part of the retreat is kind of identifying what's at the top of our playlists. I talk about this a lot. So we might, you know, name those tracks. You know, what are the tracks that come over and over again? Whether it's, you know, iPod mind or, you know, uh, childhood memory mind or work problem mind, you know, kind of the things that come back over and over and over again and kind of drive us crazy. It can be useful to just give them a pithy little name. And when it pops up, we can just identify, oh, okay, that's that really strongly conditioned thought pattern in the mind. How does it feel in the body? How does it feel in the mind? What are the mental states around it? Do I like it? Do I not like it? Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? So as much as possible, taking a step back from, from what the content of the thinking is and really feeling what's the whole experience that goes with that thinking. Maybe one more? So the, the comments about whether to move, <laughs> whether to move or not when there's discomfort, right? Uh, and there's, there's value to approaching it in both ways. But ag- again, the litmus is to see what's most supportive of mindfulness. So, you know, very oftentimes we're sitting and there's some pain in the body, but we can more or less stay present, right? That's really the, the test. It's not, is it not do I feel comfortable, <laughs> but do I feel mindful? So if we can feel the sensations, or even just in a very general, general way, no, this is pain, it's uncomfortable, I don't like it. If we can keep the thread of our mindfulness going, then there's no, really no particular reason to move, assuming that you know, we don't have an issue with our joints or some organic problem. Um, but then if it gets to a point where the pain is just so overwhelming and all of the aversion that goes with it is so, um, has so t- overtaken the mind that we can't keep the thread of mindfulness with, with what's happening, we're just kind of going, ah, <laughs> and the, then that's not productive anymore. That's not supportive to our practice. We're just reinforcing you know, uh, aversion, basically, at that point. So if we see we've gotten to that point where it's really, we're not able to, to keep the practice going in the face of whatever the pain is and all the reactions are to it, then we can very mindfully move. And the, doing this mindfully um, can actually be a great teaching. So before we move, checking in with, okay, where is that motivation coming from? So if possible, connecting with the mental state of aversion in whatever way it's manifesting that's driving that impulse to move. And then doing the physical moving very slowly, as slowly as possible, given what the body will allow, noticing the changes in sensation, noting that, noticing the changes in the mind. If there's a sudden uh, 
arising of whew, this moment of relief once the movement starts, or even once we, once we decide that we're going to move, there may be relief in the mind. So there, there can be all sorts of interesting things that we can see around the moving. And then again, after we're done moving, paying attention. How have the sensations changed? How has the quality of the mind changed? So again, as long as there's mindfulness through whatever we're doing, it doesn't really matter what we're doing. Um, really doesn't matter what we're doing at all anyway here. <laughs> you know, we could just kind of wander around the center all day. Uh, as long as we're being mindful, that would be great practice. It, it really, we come to see over time that it, the, the form, you know, the, the formal sitting and the formal walking, it serves a purpose in terms of evening out our energy. But ultimately, it really doesn't matter what we're doing. You know, we can move, we cannot move. We can stand up, we cannot stand up. You know, we can take long walks, we can do very slow formal walking. It really doesn't matter. The point is just the mindfulness, to keep the mindfulness going in whatever activity is most supportive of that. So... The honest is, is on you to look and see what's most helpful. All right. We have a couple of announcements this morning. Um, we need a bell ringer at 9.50 for the 10 o'clock sit. Um, somebody who is uh, experienced, <laughs> who already knows how to ring the bell because I guess there's a lack of time for training. Um, and I think there'll be a sign-up sheet on the board for that. So if there's someone who's done this before, you know the routine, um, we would very much appreciate uh, your help with this. And also Vance, immediately after the sitting now, at the same time as uh, the other small groups, is going to be offering a, a sign-up interview group. So if you're not on the list to see uh, Kamala or Mark or I today in an interview group, but you feel like you could use a little extra support slogging through the hindrances, <laughs> then uh, Vance uh, will be available during this next walking period to uh, give you a little guidance. And that'll be in M203, which is Kamala's room, I think. Yeah. And I think that's it. So please continue with your practice. Please... Um, Start to bring in uh, that, that clear comprehension as you get up from the sitting, go to wherever you're going to walk or go to your group, and just keep that, really keep that thread of continuity throughout the day, just in a very light, very easy way. Not straining, not pushing, just touching in in as many moments as possible. And we wish you a very productive and mindful day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.